This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Low water levels on the lower Mississippi continues to hamper grain movement and pressure prices. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoop says harvest pressure also played a role in this week's grain markets. Probably going to start to see a wind down in the harvest pressure, but one of the problems we're seeing this year is there's starting to be large piles of corn in the eastern belt as well as the western belt. It's, uh, as we said, a slow export pace. There's even some, uh, some of the uh, grain terminals are, are telling telling producers that they won't accept grain because they don't have anywhere to go with it. They just have nowhere to, uh, you know, to unload this crop because of the uh, snafus that we're seeing associated with, uh, with shipping it down the Mississippi River. Tight corn supplies being reflected in firming basis values at some country elevators. Total Farm Marketing market analyst John Heinberg says expects this futures market to be mostly sideways. Especially in corn, uh, with the way things are there, beans are going to stay extremely volatile, focusing on that South American weather. If that crop feels like it's coming along nicely, which we got a good start to it down there, this market might start discounting beans with the impression that, you know, hey, we're going to get these 150 you know, million metric tons of beans out of Brazil this year. You know, so of the two, like I said, corn's probably the one that's got a little bit more potential to the upside. Not a big move, maybe seven, 7.25 if for some reason we get a breakout on some good demand or something along those lines uh, where beans could be the one that's got the most risk to them just because that impending global supply could improve and we're really still keeping a good eye on what's happening with the Chinese demand. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp says we will see uh, some back and forth rebounding strength in the corn and soybeans. We're back and forth about demand right now. Some worries yesterday popping up regarding China and that's of course our biggest buyer and they have been active as of late in the soybean complex, even shifting some of those purchases as they've had to over to the Pacific Northwest ports, dealing with that outage on the Mississippi River right now and the record barge freight rates, but still an incentive at the same time to ship this grain, these soybeans out to the west. Grain market continues to be range-bound and choppy. Van On and company market analyst Christy Van On says the grains just continue to consolidate. And to be honest, you could probably say that's the, the theme for the last two months. These markets just really are consolidating here. Uh, they've made a couple pushes to the top side, and then they're very short-lived and then pull back. And, you know, especially for corn, soybeans, when they get their pullback, they're not all that big of pullbacks, but you're struggling to really kind of carve out a direction at this point. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson says demand is another concern. Maybe, uh, you know, see this dollar level off here and, and hopefully get some more export business. But uh, with a good start in, in Brazil on that bean crop and uh, demand in the U.S. on the export side is just tepid uh, at best with this Logistic problems going down the river, uh, rail freight is really tight and very, very high priced also. So there's a lot of things going against us on the demand side here. Low water levels on the Mississippi River and dry weather in the western Corn Belt has shifted the movement of grain. Utterbelt Marketing President Bob Utterbacks says basis levels will dictate an east-to-west grain movement. And so the farmers, uh, if their basis is strong, specifically I got some guys down in Missouri going into the Kansas market are going are moving the corn because they're doing some 50, 60 over the board, whereas guys along the Mississippi, because rivers so low, 
basis of widening our setting on it. So it really is a geographical basis play as much as it is a flat price board play, I think, for quite a while. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. What's impressive about Pioneer brand canola? It can do it all. Good yield potential? Yes. Resistance to blackleg, club rut, and scarlatinia? Yes. Hybrids with harvest flexibility? Yes. Your choice of herbicide trait platform? Yes. Lumiderm seed treatment? Yes. Can this Pioneer brand canola do all that? Yes. This canola can. Learn more at pioneer.com slash canola or contact your local authorized Pioneer sales representative for more information. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we do expect some showers to develop and a couple of thunderstorms. The majority of the meaningful rain, though, is going to be in southern Canada. To South America, Buenos Aires, La Pampa, and Cordoba, but it doesn't occur until we get into next week, leaving plenty of time for changes in the forecast. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. USDA's Plant Health and Inspection Service is reporting the potato wart crisis on Canada's Prince Edward Island is likely larger than currently reported. Without changes, APHIS said potato wart will likely be introduced into the U.S. potato production through seed potatoes imported from Prince Edward Island. That report indicating more serious potato wart problems in Canada's Prince Edward Island is a serious concern for the U.S. potato industry. National Potato Council CEO Cam Quarles. Basically, the spread of the disease on PEI is likely larger than has been indicated. Uh, and also, the pathways for the disease to get into the U.S. through either seed potatoes or potatoes for consumption uh, soil, equipment moving back and forth across the border, that the mitigation measures have to be ramped up in order to prevent this disease from getting into the U.S. Coral says protecting the U.S. potato industry must be the top priority. The World Trade Organization's Director General brought together members, uh, member countries for a special retreat to consider a new approach to agriculture negotiations. The Director General said changes are needed to overcome major differences that have shut down negotiations in the past. The Director General cited food insecurity, hoarding, market access, and special safeguard mechanisms are problems. The WTO has been negotiating agriculture trade for more than 20 years and has had very little success. China's Agriculture Ministry is reporting a significant investment in its rural infrastructure. plan will include renovation of irrigation systems and the building of new ag storage facilities. Chinese government says this will stabilize its rural economy and increase domestic food production. According to Reuters News Service, China's third quarter pork output reached 12.11 million metric tons, highlighting the impact on production after farmers recorded huge losses earlier this year. The growth rate of China's pork production has slowed recently as some farmers reduced their breeding herds late last year after months of low hog prices and high feed costs which shorten profits. Ag banker Tony Gaditas can sleep well at night. With an amazing crop, robust commodity prices, Gaditas has few worries about the loan portfolio. I've been in banking, I think, 26 years now, something like that. And this will be by far the best economic conditions I've seen farmers in in totality. 
Um, you couple with the asset classes all inflating as well, right? Land is double, you know, beat stock is strong. The machinery, I mean, if they're not depreciating at all. It's probably appreciating. So uh, everything you have on your balance sheet has, has gone up in value. And now we're sitting on a great working capital positions because of a great crop and very strong prices. National FFA convention underway this week in Indianapolis. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has this update. Coverage of the 95th National FFA Convention is brought to you by CHS, a country farm credit services, Associated Milk Producers with Dinner Bell Creamery, Proceed, and Corteva. Minnesota FFA Interim Executive Director Lavin Rada says awards are starting to trickle in from competitions. So we're still waiting on some of the results, but so far our highest ranking chapter is from Park Rapids. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conant. Farmers and ranchers have a lot of choices to make. When it comes to your crop insurance needs, the team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services can simplify it all for you. Egg Country's Optimum tool will compare thousands of options based on information from your farm, which will then be used to find the right policy for your operation. Ask about the Optimum tool by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country, focused on egg, focused on you. Find your next job on the Red River Farm Network website. Click on the Job Opportunities tab and discover your future. Taking a look at the Job Opportunities tab on the Red River Farm Network website, True North Equipment has a great opportunity for a service solutions specialist. Resource Auction of Grand Forks and the North Dakota Farmers Union both have jobs listed as well. Find all the details on the Job Opportunities in Agriculture tab on the Red River Farm Network website. That's rrfn.com. This week in weather, I'm Don Wick reporting. Parts of North Dakota received more than an inch of rain in the past week, but the short and long-term drought indicators did not show much for improvement. The entire state of North Dakota facing dry conditions with a bit of Pembina County being the only exception. Nearly 20% of North Dakota is in severe drought. That's unchanged from last week. Droughty conditions are being seen across all of South Dakota with areas of extreme and exceptional drought in the southern part of South Dakota. The U.S. Drought Monitor has most of Minnesota in a drought. That includes the extreme drought in parts of southern Minnesota. The Mississippi River has dropped to levels not seen in decades. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says low water levels are down to the areas we saw in the drought years of 1988 and 2012. And then finally, Greenville, Mississippi, the record low that was set on October 24th. Previous record was set during the winter of 1963-1964. So that is causing, obviously, transportation disruptions. Barge movement is somewhat limited during these times of low water. Loads have to be lightened. The number of barges being towed by boats is limited because of the depth and the width of the channel. So certainly we are seeing major disruptions. The corn harvest is winding down nationwide. Wilmer, Minnesota farmer Chad Willis said he had an excellent corn crop. We pretty much had a wide open harvest here in central Minnesota. Uh, Not any rain delays to speak of. So a lot of people are finishing up. You know, I monitor Facebook and I've seen a lot of posts where people are finishing up on corn. So that's a good feeling. 
The crop was phenomenal for the growing season. I, you know, last year in this area we had a drought and had my worst crop ever, and this one ranks up there with one of my best. So I would say we had, we had timely rains. I, I mean, we were dry most of the summer, but we caught good rain in August, and I think that was just in time, and uh, the corn yields were great. West Browns Valley, South Dakota farmer Bob Metz is done with his harvest. He says the crop quality was good. It came out in great shape, as dry as we were. We were a little bit worried if we'd have good test weight in the corn, and it's just fine. It was, uh, you know, 56 to 58 pounds come out. Ours come out on average about 17 and a half, so just had to dry it a little bit. So that helped on the propane bill. And uh, considering the amount of rainfall we got, we feel very blessed that we got the crop that we did. Crookston, Minnesota farmer Elliot Solheim is done with his harvest. He would like to see some rain. It's dry, and uh, we're making a few trips to the implement dealer for Chugopal parts. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're making it work. All the weak spots are showing up. Uh, you're limited on depth, uh, what you can do. Peaver, South Dakota farmer Louis Nig is finished with his harvest. He says yields depended and where those rains hit. They're all over the board, um, on my farm especially, and then kind of talking to everyone else in the area. I mean, you had you pulled into the field, and you go, wow, I can't believe the corn or beans are doing this good, and then you get in your other field, you know, three, four miles in a certain direction, and you're going, wow, they're only doing this much. So from above average to below average crops around here. The spotty rains this summer where you got – the two-tenths or the half-inch or something like that, and that's that, that was the game-changer. Warm, dry weather in this forecast through the weekend and on into the early part of November. After a nearly non-stop harvest season, Mother Nature now providing opportunities for tilling, uh, tillage, ditching, and fertilizer application, although there's little chance for recharging the soil moisture profile anytime soon. This is the Red River Farm Network. I think what makes Proceed win is we're different than the other companies in many ways with our programming, our simplicity, our non-corporate attitudes, and our personal relationship building. What Proceed is we bring back the old-fashioned seed buying experience. We're true seedsmen. We care about everything from the sale to the planting to, to following up afterwards. That's what we're all about is just trying to bring that experience back to a personal level. Need seed? Think Proceed. Proceed.net. Great seed at a reasonable price. The Red River Farm Network introduces the latest addition to our team of farm broadcasters. Listen for Whitney Pittman as she joins Don Wick, Randy Conan, and Sierra Doctor in reporting agriculture's business. 90 minutes of farm programs each weekday, four farm broadcasters, and one ag meteorologist. When you check out the numbers, it's easy to see why your number one choice for farm news, markets, and weather is the Red River Farm Network. And we're reporting agriculture's business.